Hello there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network where you always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack a couple jokes, we give our insight into the film, we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I am joined by Cowboy. Hey, oh, hi there. <laughs> and Maestro. You trying to take my shtick? What's going on here? <laughs> hey, hey, I like your shtick. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I mean, I, oh, oh, wrong show, no. wrong show. This week, Denzel Washington has a new movie coming out. It's called The Little Things. It's about two cops that track down a serial killer in Los Angeles. So we're watching another movie with Denzel in it, also with a serial killer, with the help of Angelina Jolie. This is 1999's The Bone Collector. This was directed by Philip Noyce. It stars Denzel Washington, Angelina Jolie, Queen Latifah, Michael McGoan. Michael Rooker, Louis Guzman, Ed O'Neill, and a bunch of other people. Noice. Noice, right? Uh, <laughs> synopsis. A quadriplegic ex-homicide detective and his partner try to track down a serial killer who is terrorizing New York City. Lies. He can use his hands. Or well, one hand, at least. He can use his finger. Okay. But uh, make sure, have you seen this movie before? Actually, I kind of have not. Oh. <laughs> Cowboy. Uh, well, I, I, I'm 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 still trying to figure out that statement. <laughs> what do you? What does that mean, Maestro? Kind of uh, have not. Well, basically, I do remember seeing it on the TV when I was younger, and I do remember flipping through the channels, seeing it on the TV when I was younger, and I also remember continuing flipping the channels when you were younger. It's kind of hard to flip through the TV and remember seeing it when you were older. Mm. Right? Right? That's a very good point. (laughs) So have you seen this cowboy on your radar Uh, at all? Yeah, earlier this morning. Okay. Um, Actually, no, I I think I've seen part of it before, flipping through the TV and and stuff like that. Um, It seemed familiar, but I don't know if it maybe seemed familiar because it kind of reminded me of Seven. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it had that same feel, that same vibe, you know? Yes, I did catch um, It did feel like it was trying to be seven. It, yeah, in a different light and stuff, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Hmm. Wow. It was right up my, you would say, alley? I would say. Most people would say that. Well, more my wheelhouse, really. Oh, I see. So, uh, first thoughts of the movie? For exiting the theater, what's, what's the first thing that you feel like you would like to bring up? Is that the same guy that also is uh, Darth Maul? I, which guy? The bad guy. The, guy. the bad guy? No, he was, actually, that bad guy was in Seven. He was the guy that had to uh, screw the prostitute with the uh-huh. bladed strap-on thing. I Interesting. I don't believe he was Darth Maul. I cannot picture that at all. Uh, now, as, as far as a suspense, uh, whodunit type of thing, did, did this have you on the edge of your seat like a seven would? Um, so, some points, I don't think it was like on the edge of my seat, suspenseful, but it was. There was a couple point, a couple times in the movie where I was like. You know, is something going to happen? And it didn't, you know, like when she was going, like she she was 
going to check out when the guy got eaten by the rats, right? Uh-huh. And they were all outside, and they're like, oh, maybe we should go in there with her. You know, don't go in there by yourself and stuff, you know. Um, that was kind of suspenseful because you were wondering if the guy was that was doing the murdering, the serial killing, was going to, like, jump out and she was going to get attacked at some point. Yeah. But I think that was done by design because I was expecting something like that. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And I was like, hey, we're going to make them expect this nothing's going to happen, you know? Yeah, they did the same thing in the library when she went to go check out the book. You see uh, it's a little too quiet, the angles. She's about the to The guy jumped. looked kind of freaky. Yeah. That was like, can I help you? Yeah. Librarian's definitely the guy. Now he's going to kill her. Um, but then, Actually, no. I thought Rooker was the bad guy. But they did that by design. They actually yes. got me. Yeah. And, th- that, and that's why I never suspected him because it was too obvious. And I know this is from the 90s, I mean, late 90s, uh, 1999. So it's it's one of those, are, are they clever enough? Have they figure out that you can't do this every time? Or are they trying to make it seem that way so that you fall into that trap? But to me, he was just he was a dick. He's always a dick, though, this guy. This, uh, hey, dude, he plays such a good dick. It, yes, he sure does. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen him not be a dick. Even in the Guardians of the Galaxy, he was, right? Yeah, he was... I mean, he uh, by I think the end of the second one, he kind of had some sort of feels, but he's still a dick. And then Walking Dead also dick. Uh, Days of Thunder. The, yeah, <laughs> he was so tech. Well, he's never played the the wholeheartedly good guy. He's always been like semi bad guy or antagonist or yes, uh, yeah. He he has an angry face. I think is what it comes down to. He's always face, been the dick. Yeah, but if you if you ever hear him during interviews and stuff, he's pleasant. He's he's a treat. It's fun because he knows who he is, and I think maybe because of that, he has to play opposite of that in real life to be like, hey, mm. I'm not really a bad guy. I'm just a fun guy that gets cast in these roles because I'm really good at them. But he was nice. I, yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. He's pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> So, a uh, question for you guys. At, at the very beginning of the movie, uh, before Denzel loses use of his limbs, when he crawls into the, the hole and he finds a guy there, was that him that he was looking at? It, it paused in such a way and it looked like it, it, it looked been. like it was him. Yeah. But I think that was a dream because it kind of um, – after that scene, he, he came – they panned in and he was waking up in the hospital bed. Right. But that's how he became was, a paraplegic or quadriplegic. That's how he became a paraplegic. But I think that was, they were showing the dream he was having. Mm. But then it was never talked about. So, well, they were saying, I think the dream was basically him walking in on his like own demise. Yeah. I feel like it was a missed opportunity there to give some more background to this character. Because, I mean, Denzel can't really do wrong as far as I'm concerned. Every movie he's in, he, he plays a good character. Even, even if the movie ends up sucking, he at least, he at least did a, a good job getting across what he had to get across. And I, I do think that it was kind of – it was weird – not weird. Maybe a bad call to have him be in this movie because he's, he's so good at what he does to have him in a bed the entire movie kind of like does a disservice. Or do you think it maybe it was a challenge for him? to make his character come alive because no one else possibly could. Oh, that's possible. I mean, he did a great job. Yeah, he did. 
but like I said, yeah, he, he, as far as I'm concerned, he hasn't done a bad job yet. Yeah, I mean, it's Denzel. Yeah, man. Let's see. What? Have you ever seen the movie with him, uh, Fences? I have not. That movie seems oh, like homework dude. to me. Dude, no, that's a great movie. Yeah. I, lo- I loved it. It feels like something I should watch, and it's important that I watch, but because it's important that I watch it, I'm kind of adverse to like, nah. I'm out. I'll give it a chance, though. I mean, it is Denzel after all. A uh, question for you guys, being uh, two of my closest friends of all time. Aww. Uh, if I were to ever ask you to help me kill myself, is that something you would agree to? That depends. Yeah, I would say it had depends. If you were in the position that he was in, um, I would say I'd have to give it some serious consideration. Because I personally... Uh, with my family history, you know, be, being diabetic and uh, type one diabetic, not like this type two, where I'm just overweight and I can't eat right and I can't exercise right. And <clears throat> but you get hereditary, it, okay. No, I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> saying mine's hereditary. It's it's a it's a different type of diabetes. It's pretty bad. And seeing what my father went through because he didn't take care of himself, that makes me want to take care of myself better i guess um but just seeing what he went through at the end of his life it's like i don't want to go through that and and seeing what i know other people that have have my condition have been towards the end of their life which is not the same life expectancy as a normal human being but i i wouldn't want to do that i wouldn't want to go through all that shit you know it's like man i'm gonna live my life as the best i can right now and live it to the fullest. And you know, those two years, if they want to say, Oh, Hey, we got to start amputating your legs. You feel like shit every day and you're going to just keep going and be like, nah, just fucking, I had the time of my life. Let me go. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I understand more where Denzel's coming from as far as wanting to take that. What is it? Uh, transition that he called it. Final he called transition because he didn't, because he didn't want to become a vegetable. Right. Yeah. I just feel like if I were in that situation and that's how I did want it to go down, I I can't imagine asking a friend of mine to be the one to do it. Because I, I get that it would make me feel better if a friend did that for me instead of some random doctor. But then you're also putting a lot on your friend that that's for the rest of his life he knows. Well, was the doctor his friend or was it just uh, – the? The the royalty the doctor that was yeah the doctor that was going to do it oh yeah it was help him out yeah I thought you were talking about his other uh, the queen uh, that was taking care of him no that was the nurse okay I thought the other guy was like his doctor and the only time you ever heard him refer to him as a friend is after he said he would do it when he got back and he's like oh you're you're a good friend you know and he said it almost like sarcastically in a way. Uh, like he was his doctor and he convinced him to, you know, dude, come on, help me out. Throw, throw a guy a bone. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, bone. Uh, actually, I didn't mean that. at all. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was a weird thing for me. I, I, I can't imagine putting that on somebody. I know it's not the point of the movie. It's a very small part of the movie, but it did get me thinking. I, I don't think I could ask anybody I cared about to do that to me. Cause then they would have to live with that the rest of their life. I, mean, I think it's funny you say it's a very small part of the movie. It came up several times throughout the movie. Yeah. I don't think it, I mean, 
in the the hidden meanings in the movie it came up several times right well so anyway so denzel got paralyzed and now he's still a cop still getting paid somehow which i seem seems a little weird but who cares i think that was uh that was done so that way he could still the department can pay for it all the hospital stuff yeah Oh, speaking of all the stuff that they're paying for, the technology in this movie, it is from 1999, and I, last time I saw it was, I think, in high school when I saw it, and I remember thinking, that's kind of cool, but looking at it now, I was like, this is all very, wow, super outdated, and it, they still had the, the trope of uh, zoom in, enhance, zoom in, enhance. Like, that's not how things work. That's <laughs> In fact, I went to a Photoshop convention I think in 2005, where that was the whole point of the conversa- uh, convention was the CSI was the theme of it. And they're like, CSI is bullshit. All this CSI stuff you see on, on TV, zoom in, enhance. That's not how pictures work. You can't enhance to the detail in which they're doing it on TV. The pixels are there. You can't add pixels that aren't there. So zooming in and enhancing is not a thing that you can do. Not to the level at which it's being done anyway. At one point, it's like a huge picture, and they zoom into like somebody's wallet. No, and and it can read what's on the ID or what's on the whatever. Crazy. Zoom, zoom, zoom. No. Anyway, not gonna happen. Let's get to uh, to Joe Lee, Angelina Jolie. Uh, she comes in. She's a beat cop, which has a problem with relationships, uh, which also doesn't really show its head in the rest of the movie. Uh, until maybe the very end, but even whatever happened to weird. the guy from the beginning of the movie that wanted more, right? And that's something I think the movie was maybe trying to do. I think throw in characters and make you think, oh, maybe it's this person. Because I think they were trying to do a whodunit kind of movie where you don't know who it is. And to me, it was yeah. kind of disappointing that who it ended up being had such a small role. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, uh, Solomon, the, the guy that knocked on her door and went around to the side of the window. That would, could have been a good option. Yeah. But wasn't he just like the guy that they were thinking it could be and it ends up not being because it's another twist? Yeah, but the twist was kind of meh to me. Like, okay, great. Because in the backstory of the reason why everything happened, like we had no chance yeah. to know what that was. Exactly. It was the same complaint I had during the uh, Orient Express movie we, we did. We didn't have a chance to guess it because all the reasons and all the backstory were not given to us. A good murder mystery, I think, puts all the pieces there for you to see from the beginning, and you have a chance to piece it together. Yeah. A very select few will, but then once it's all put together, you're like, wow, how did I miss that? But, but, but I don't think they were making this movie to be like a – murder mystery like you can solve it yourself type thing because we're giving you the clues all out and see if you can get it i think it was more uh trying to be a suspenseful um murder mystery type thing you know where they purposely left out the stuff yeah because they were trying they were trying to steer you towards rooker yes they were were several times you know and as as you mentioned, uh, Seven, that, that, which came out four years previous to this, that d- had the same kind of thing here. There was no chance for us to guess it, but it was such a great journey. And by the time you got to the end, you didn't care. You were just satisfied 
with how it ended and how it all played out. With this one, I didn't have that feeling at all. It was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was. I was satisfied at the ending, but I did enjoy the journey. You know, I mean, there was a journey to go on. Yeah, I just feel like towards the end of the journey, I'm like, oh, so that's the guy. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. So Jolie, uh, she's a cop. Uh, just a regular street cop, yep. uh, and has a little bit of an accent, right? It's a little, yeah. little bit of an accent. Was um, it like a like an accent, like Jersey accent? Yeah, no, like a New York accent. New York, something from that area. It was very subtle, and I'm glad it was subtle because if she went too over the top with it, it would be distracting. Very. I, like I that, was so happy with that. Yeah, I like that it crept in here and there, but not enough to make it huge. Uh, let's see. My first gripe, first real gripe with the movie was when uh, Jolie first finds finds the first victim with the hand coming out of the ground and there's some evidence on a train track and she stops the train uh, before it gets to the piece of evidence. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know about you guys, but on, on radio specifically and sometimes even on podcasts, they have commercials where they are talking about trains need at least a mile to stop. So don't try to play chicken with the train or something like that. It's Where a, are you getting these commercials? I've, I've heard well, them on a couple of podcasts and on the radio. I, I know what you're saying, but um, that train was going around a curve and wasn't going that fast, probably because it was going around the curve. Um, oh, and you don't know when it actually saw her flashlight and actually started stopping because she did. She did shine her flashlight a while ago. They did give you the impression like it started slowing down way too late. Yes, it, it just it, it stopped too too quickly for for my taste. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. My my uh, gripe with that scene was as soon as she saw the dead body, being a beat cop, which she was at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it then again, seeing the rest of the movie, it goes along with the story. She didn't call it in. There was a moment where she was on the walkie-talkie, and it was just like towards the end of a uh, station, blah blah blah. Like it was, it was well, very that was, brief line. That was after she went over there, saw the body, went over there, stopped the train, and mm. then told the kid to go buy a uh, disposable camera. disposable camera. After he took off to go buy the disposable camera, that's when she got on the walkie. True. No, that's a good point. Yeah, she should, she should have called in right away. As soon as the hand was there, call it in and ask for backup or something just in case something. But then again, that's why, you know, Cheney was pissed off that she stopped the train and just took it upon herself to think she was the investigator, you know. Cheney. Oh, yeah. Rooker. Hey, by Rooker. Okay. I thought you were making a political reference. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like who's bald and fat in this movie? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> there is a Cheney uh, in the the house, you know, Dick Cheney's daughter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I don't remember. That. Currently, right now. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, didn't know that. Uh, also, with this uh, with this scene. Oh no, no, actually, this is the next scene. Anyway, she so she gets the evidence that she gets. Uh, and Denzel is impressed with her ability to catalog the evidence properly and brings her on the case. And now there's a, 
oh, this might be more. Let's go check out this other place based on their clues. Which, I mean, the clues are okay, uh, but it, 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 it did feel like a, a leap that Denzel would know all these things that he needed to know about this building, 1918, uh, blah, 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 go to this warehouse, whatever. He does seem like he does know way too much for his profession. He was a rain man of learned material. Yeah. Okay. But I guess the the thing is, if he's that good, what was he doing crawling into an area where there was possible collapse thing? That's, that seemed more like a lower level person should be doing that. It was no, that because he was the lead investigator and he wanted to be the first one on the scene. So it, did not get contaminated. Uh, they said in the movie there are uh, five ways to contaminate a crime scene, and the biggest one, the biggest threat to contaminated crime scene is other cops. Right. Okay. He does. He does say that again when in uh, the second uh, victim, where she he wants her to cut her, cut the arms off or the hands off. Yeah. That. Even in the moment, I thought it was way too far to be trying to push this girl to saw the hands off. Uh, just knowing a little way, what you know about this girl and her freaking out at the very idea of it to keep pushing was seemed kind of like a, uh, I guess, a dick move. But during that same scene, before we got to the the hand cutting off part, uh, there was chain of custody was all, not maybe not chain of custody, but the contamination of the crime scene was already happening with Jolie as she, she had the gloves on. She picked up the tooth or the bone before photographing it. No, no. Uh, now the bloods are on her fingers on the gloves and then she's taking pictures. So now there's blood on the camera. Uh, so now whatever's on the camera is now on her fingers when she goes to pick up the next thing. And then she uses some pliers to pick something else up and then just drops the pliers in her pocket could have picked up some lint. There's, there's a lot of things happening with the collection of the evidence. It was like, nah, this would not this this would be thrown out for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and then sawing the hands off was just too much. Too much. But did somebody actually end up doing it? Do you, was that brought up? I don't remember if that was brought up. Somebody else took the hands. No, it wasn't. They they uh the scene ended and she was losing it in her house. Right. Her apartment or whatever. And then um, the other guy came over. Yeah, so he knocked on the Through door. The window. Yeah, he knocked on the well, door. He knocked on the door. And then promptly, as soon as no answer, within the first couple of seconds, made his way all the way around the house to stand by a window. Well, he stopped knocking, and then he was probably was just like, I'm going to go around to the window. Goes downstairs, goes, and maybe he was downstairs when she opened the door. And he didn't hear it, you know. He went outside and then went around to the window. By that time, you know. And then, was it just me, or did it seem like the window was open? Because they zoomed in on the window, you saw the the drape the kind breeze. of flapping, yeah. And then it wasn't open. It was. It was they're trying to build suspense. I get it, but it it, it didn't work for me. This is the and and as soon as you saw the guy, you're like, oh, we're supposed to think he's the guy. Uh, just, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of suspense I felt throughout the movie. I don't know if this is in trivia, but they were talking about a turn-of-the-century murder mystery novel uh, called The Bone Collector. Right. 
Does does that book actually exist? I don't know. The, 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 the yellow book in the movie, you know, called The Bone Collector and stuff. I, I do know that curious. this movie was based off of a book. But I, I doubt it's that book. Oh. Yeah, I'm curious. I should look into that. All right, so they get another piece of evidence. Now they're moving on. The next the next scene is the slaughterhouse. This is where we find the guy with the rats, the, with the scene that you, you were uh, waiting for something to happen and nothing actually did. So they, they let her go in by herself because, again, not to contaminate the crime scene, as we have mentioned. He's very keen on that. And she ends up shooting a rat. And then the cops rush in. Shots fired. She's a pretty dead shot. Yeah, yeah, that was a good shot. Especially with the revolver. Right. But why not, as soon as you fire the gun, like, uh, that was me, it was just a rat, so that the cops don't storm in thinking you're under attack. But then again, she didn't radio in when she found the original first dead body. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she's not as good as a evidence collector as we're led to believe. <laughs> well, no, she's great at evidence collecting, right? Or she's great at thinking. She's got the mind or whatever, you know, but the execution is lacking. Yeah. So they get another piece of evidence, and now they, we have this, like, jigsaw puzzle he's trying to solve. And she she steals that evidence from uh, Cheney's office to take it to Denzel for for secret finish piecing it together. So this is, this is another thing. Maybe I've been watching too many lawyer shows lately. I've been binge watching suits and it's, it's a great lawyer show, but everything has legal standing. So the fact that she stole that evidence means it's not admissible now. So if they ever do catch the guy, that's also thrown out. So basically everything they're doing in this movie, that guy's going to walk free, whether you catch him or not is, is, is the, is the vibe that I'm getting. Well, he didn't walk free. He didn't walk at all. Right. Yes. Turns out. Um, but I mean, even if that, little piece that she stole was inadmissible in court. The plethora of other evidence they have. Yeah, but they don't have much. To, they don't have much to tie him to this though. At this point, they don't have anything to tie him to it. Right. Because they don't even know who he is. All they have. All see, here's the thing. This is the the part at the end where he's like, I left you all the clues. You couldn't figure it out. I left you all the clues. You left him clues not to who did it, but to the next murder. Right. That that was the, the only thing they left him. Now, had the murders not happened so close together and you gave him some time to figure this stuff out? I mean, A, you were a cop. You were an investigator. You know, he said he did – six years of jail time because of his, uh, what's his name? Tick, Nick, Nick, Chick, Nick, whatever. Denzel Washington's character. Oh, uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. They called him Link. Never mind. They okay. called him Link. Okay. I was thinking Tick, Tink, whatever. <laughs> anyway, they call him Link a lot. So anyway, uh, he did this uh, little evaluation of this job that apparently this guy did. And blew holes in it like crazy. And the guy was pissed off. He ended up getting fired and thrown in jail for six years. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's he's a cop. And he, he's not leaving evidence to him. 
he's leaving evidence to the next murder. Yeah. But him as a cop needing to find evidence, do the forensics on it and stuff, knows how long it takes to do that. Why would he be planning murders the very next day or the very next morning or the very next or that very evening Mm -hmm. and think, oh, yeah, they're going to get this right away. These are obvious clues, you know? Do you think that's the reason why he did it? Because first off, he's the Denzel's character is supposed to be like this super like sleuth, right? But he also wanted him to fail too because of what happened. Well, I mean, the whole idea was for him to fail and him to eventually kill Denzel's character, Link. But is that's also weird to me too. The, was this all meant to torture him that he can't solve it? And then eventually he comes up and says like, Hey, it was me the whole time. Gotcha. Ah. And then, then it kills him. I think, uh, I think the underlying thing was he was, uh, I mean, cause this guy was his little operator for his heart monitor and stuff like that. Right. Um, which the funny thing is, is that was a heart monitor, right? Yeah. It monitored his heart. Yeah. Unplugging it wouldn't have killed him. Yeah. It would have just stopped monitoring his heart. But I think that's why he replaced the unit the, like the day before with his own fancy unit that he unplugged other things, but that was still plugged in. And he was like turning knobs to accept, to increase what I assume is voltage getting shot into him. Because like, it's like a pacemaker, no? I don't know. I don't know what the hell it was. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I mean, I, I think his whole idea was to try and – I don't know. See, I'm thinking too much of this because my thought would be like, if I was in that guy's position, I would try and piss him off so much to cause a um, seizure to put him in a vegetative state. And nobody would have been able to pin it on me. Yes. And also all the clues he was leaving, they they weren't personal anyway. It wasn't like, hey, here, you missed this. Remember when you lost the case back in the day? This is the same case, and now it's going to get to you. They're just regular clues that anybody would have been able to follow. And by the way, there was three pieces of paper they put together to finally find out that it came from a book from the Bone Collector series. We were also told that there were four other murders before this where clues may have been left behind. What were those clues going to be then? If they found all three clues they needed with the last three murders, then the other four clues were just... I don't think there was a whole ton of those type of personal clues that would get Link involved. Um, I think it was to set up a serial murder, but because Cheney was in charge, he was just overlooking shit because all he was looking for was a fingerprint that he can run through a database and get a hit on somebody and go, you're it, you know? Yeah. Um, they, I, I think a lot of uh, – in some of these cases, especially like this, it's not such an easy answer as, hey, fingerprint. Oh, you're it. You're the culprit, you know? Right. Uh, as, as you can tell in that one murder. But I, th- I think it was more of a – he was trying to set up that it's a serial killer, but because Link wasn't on the case, he uh, didn't like, maybe those were original ones that he started off with, but they weren't getting Link's attention. They weren't getting brought to Link because it wasn't such a big thing, you know? Yeah. And so he had to up his game. See, and that's why if you're trying to attack this man, make the clues you leave behind point to him only. So he gets assigned to this case somehow. 
Because that's how you get him involved. He got involved by accident this time. Because Jolie happened to be there to take good enough pictures that now it's on his radar. So he, this is, he's a bad serial killer. He, and he has, or, or maybe he's been waiting for somebody to actually take the pictures of the evidence to find out what kind of case it is instead of Cheney just skipping over everything. Yeah. You know? Which is, again, why he's a bad serial killer. Because if, if he was a good one, then this would have been planned out. Is he a bad serial killer or were there just a bunch of dumbass cops under Cheney's command? I'm going to say both. Both are true. <laughs> well, because, I mean, Cheney tried to take over everything and let his cops go in there and, you know, bust the place down. Yeah. There was also no real reason why he had such a hard-on for Jolie. From the first time he saw her, he was like, get out of here, you rookie, or something. He was he was pissed off at her from the beginning. There should have been some sort of way to tell us why he doesn't like her or he just doesn't like anybody. Ah. More story could have been told here. Uh. Speaking of which, we were talking about how it led to the book. Uh, the three pieces fit together to lead to the book of the Bone Collector, which mm-hmm. sought this out. I found it very lazy to have her find a book that had pictures in them. Uh, that It was just like, we, I guess we've got to speed this movie along. We're already running two hours as it is. We don't have time for her to have a montage where she's reading and finding links. We'll just show pictures. This show almost exactly the crime scenes that have happened up to this point. So it's it was a lazy way to tell us, oh, this is from what we're doing. But the final one, the the last murder, doesn't look anything like what the picture was. The, all the all the ones previous were almost they could have been pictures taken from the crime scene, illustrated, yeah. and now they're in the book. Yeah, the final one, not even close. It could have been a kid's book, like a Dr. Seuss book, with just pictures. <laughs> Too many pictures, I think. Books like that, yes, are made for children. I don't feel like a book like this should be for children. So there should not be illustrations in it. I, I don't have a lot of experience with books, so I don't know if that's a common practice for these kinds of uh, murder mysteries where they drop pictures in it. I, I'm not a botanist. What do I know? Last picture, not accurate. Yep, that was in my notes. And then the uh, the final uh, part of bad evidence collecting when she gets to the dock and finds the, the the child and grandfather, I assume there's there's some there's a bone on top of a map, and she uses her finger to move the bone out of the way to reveal the map. You can't you need gloves? Uh, maybe a picture should have been taken. This is also bad. Well, I, I, you you got to take into consideration the. Uh, position she was in she was collecting evidence knowing she shouldn't have been there and then all of a sudden she sees Cheney come up and she just grabs the shit and throws it in her pocket she's trying to do all this fast because she knows she shouldn't be there she knows if she gets caught because she was already taken off the case and so was Lincoln yeah but then if they do eventually get to trial then all that's also inadmissible it's it's all it's it's just bad. The the way they set up the uh, integrity of the crime scene, chain of evidence, discarded at the end. I mean, I think at this point they did, they 
they didn't necessarily want to catch the guy. They wanted to kill the motherfucker. Right. Also bad. Uh, also want to do well in court. <laughs> Why he's dead. Yeah. Who's going to defend him? <laughs> Honestly, in this film, what would you have done differently to make this a better film, Adam? I would have had the clues be more personal uh, so that it looks like it's an attack on him so that he kind of knows I'm the target. And so that eventually when he becomes a target, it's kind of like, oh, it's you, you son of a bitch. Also made but then, it more personal. But then again, in, in Seven, they, the clues weren't personal to the detectives. Right. But he wasn't like targeting anybody. He was just doing this. And then by the end, he found a target. It, it, this one from the beginning was always about Lincoln. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that this guy, that the, the guy that ended up being the guy, the murderer, the serial killer, had been going into Lincoln's apartment many times, checking his machine and making sure every all his stuff works for years or two. He said it took him a couple years to get to him. Right. That's what he said. So, I mean, it took him a couple years to even get to him. So then by the time he got to him, you know, it was probably maybe a year he's been helping this guy, making sure his monitors and everything's and checking all this stuff out. And he, in the meantime, he's doing these murders that's his way to find out, hey, when one is actually going to get to him, you know? Hmm. But then a guy that has that kind of patience and uh, I guess uh, motivation to do all that he's doing, to make it as impersonal as it was, it doesn't, doesn't fit for me. If he's spending all this time and waiting as long as he did to get in a room with him, then he should be able to plan out the the deaths better and leave evidence that kind of are going to stick it to him. Especially if he's in the room with him for, for a year, he has, he knows more about him. He, he can make it extra personal and he doesn't take I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if he wanted to, to make it personal. So mm-hmm. like he would actually get on the case. I think he wanted to make it to where I'm leaving you clues you're not as good as you think you are. You thought you were this hot shot who tore my investigation all apart and said that evidence was planted and it wasn't. And I did a thorough job and you destroyed my world. You destroyed my life. I'm going to show you that you're not as good as you think you are by planting evidence and having you not get it, not understand it, not figure it out. Now these people are dead, you know, but I was waiting for them to throw in, throw it into his face that the little girl didn't die because he was like they all died they all died because you couldn't figure it out because you couldn't uh, get the clues and blah 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 i was waiting for them to say not all of them the girl lived you know and have him like go into a rage big like, what you die you know haha i beat you you know yeah. i did yeah i mean once we get to that final scene i got some some things to say yeah and that's another missed opportunity that could have been a great scene to have like oh, i got away with it Except for, we have a girl that's seen your face, and I, I was kind of, I was waiting for a moment where the uh, they have the girl they're questioning her, and then she does this kind of like, oh, it's that guy, and then he realizes, well, yeah, oh. when he comes in to check the monitor, yes, that's him. What? Grab him, and then he runs. But yeah, they could have done so much better <laughs> with the movie than they did. 
They could have. That. Uh, what'd you guys think of that final scene of him fighting with the guy? And the what? Wait, kind. Of, we mean where he's like on the floor, and then. No, did your hands hurt when the bed went down onto his hand? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, what's what's weird I mean, for me when I see stuff like that? It doesn't hurt me in, in the hand. Where does it hurt you? Right in the gonads. That's where. Why? I, I don't know. That's where I feel all of my empathetic pain. It, whenever something happens on screen, it just like it, I think it starts at the hand, and then and then it ends up being like, oh, I got to sit up. No. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, my my biggest question about that whole scene, <laughs> if you were in Lincoln's position and – I mean I don't know. I mean it, it, several points throughout the whole movie, Lincoln wanted to die anyway. He didn't want to become a vegetable. He wanted to end his life anyway. So, I mean he's in this position where this guy – but he, the guy wasn't just going to kill him. He was going to torture him. Right, and the thing with Lincoln is he didn't want to be a vegetable because that's considered torture to him. So he didn't want to be tortured as well. Right, but he starts whispering. That was so the guy gets close, so he digs and bites into his neck. Yeah, would you do that? Would you bite that hard into somebody's neck? Yeah, if I if I could, I can. I could. I I don't know. I want, I want no, to... if you, I'm, I'm saying if you were in his position, you couldn't move your arms and legs. You had the use of one finger to press a single button on a mouse that was magical. Um, yeah. And <laughs> that it's one button, and every time he pushes the button, it does something different. Yeah, and I like right. I don't understand it anyway. But you can't move. You can't do anything. And this is the only way you can save your life is to bite him in the neck, possibly. You know, that's like a last ditch effort, but he bit him so hard. Like, come on, a, you're not a vampire, but B, I'm pretty (laughs) sure you got a pretty good bite. You probably took a chunk out of his neck, possibly could have hit his jugular. Right. And the guy goes, oh, oh, and you got all this blood all over you, which looks like you hit his jugular. Yeah. And he's got all this blood running down him. And yeah. he's like, I'm getting a knife and I'm going to, you know, he's got all. <sighs> the, uh, I had a lot of issues with that scene. Uh, first of all, the whole. Butter uh, knife? Uh, the, the whispering. What's that? Let me lean in. That, that's just, that's so cheesy to me. Yeah. That happens well, in too many movies. Okay. I know what a scalpel looks like. I was surprised that he brought out a butter knife. That's my question. Yeah. That didn't bother me too. It didn't look like a scalpel at all. Didn't look surgical he, in any way. He had he had butter knives in another scene. He had two butter knives when he was walking around clanking them together before he cut that guy open for the rats. Oh, right. Those those were butter knives he was clanking together, and he clanked them behind his back too. Like, what what was the point in that whole? <laughs> I want you to walk around this guy in a sinister and clank your butter knives together and. When you get around to this side, I want you to clank them behind your back too. You know, like yeah, it, it was meant to cause suspense, but it, it did not. It was yeah. it was it was almost comical. Yeah, and, and the, uh, the 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 way that the knives were there, 
uh, it looks like he had a whole toolkit of things he was going to use to torture him, and the one thing he pulls out didn't look very ominous at all. It, well, not only that, but the last thing you pulled out was a freaking kitchen knife. Yeah. It was he's, – he's bad. He's a bad serial killer. He, yeah. It was a kitchen knife from uh, – was it uh, – was that American? Not American. Not American gangster. American psycho. Oh, the uh, <laughs> the chopped vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> ah, wait! You just nailed it. It's the chopped vegetables. He wanted to turn them into a vegetable. Uh, Do you, want a, you want to be a cucumber? A cucumber. You want a yeah. carrot? I don't know, zucchini is what it ended up. Zucchini. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Some people can't distinguish the zucchini from a cucumber so well i don't like either of them but oh really i like fried zucchini because it combines healthy and not healthy all right <laughs> that's my what about spot. air fried zucchini Ooh, uh, maybe <laughs> can i dip in blue cheese <laughs> uh, well, i like yellow cheese yellow cheese is pretty good gross uh, I didn't say American cheese. American cheese is nasty. Right. <laughs> but there's some really good cheddars out there. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking a different kind of yellow. Anyway. I'm not talking about yellow snow. Yeah. <laughs> that's where my head went. Because I was thinking blue cheese dip. And if that's yellow, it's only for one reason. Let's move on. I mean, they call it yellow American cheese, even though it's orange, uh, or white American cheese. So that's basically the end of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jolie comes in to shoot the guy. Yeah. And then Jolie gets his sister, who he briefly mentions in the movie. Mm -hmm. To come out. To come for his birthday or something like that. And I guess she's in a relationship with Denzel now. Um. Looks like she it. is molesting a quadriplegic. <laughs> yeah, a handicapped. Handicapped guy who can't move. <laughs> you know, it's against the law to molest a handicapped. Yeah. It's against the law to molest anybody. What are you talking about? True. True. I don't think they make distinguishing <laughs> you're, levels of You're a cop and you don't know this? Come on. <laughs> is there a statute in there? It's like, <laughs> I know. It's extremely illegal when they're handicapped. Right. <laughs> you get two years for a regular person, but a handicap, whoa, that's like five. Special circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in L.A., then we don't go after special circumstances. Yeah, no, because – all right, that's that's it. Any any thoughts you want to bring in? Uh, Honestly, didn't really care for the film. It was kind of like it, – it, 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 I mean the, the first or the second kill is great. I was like, I was pretty excited to see what was going to happen next. All well, the craziness about what was going to happen, but it just started like dropping off after that for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd say by the end of it, I was just like, okay. I remember liking it more when I was younger, and it's probably because technology wasn't as strong as it is now. So those parts that didn't bother me as much back then. I, I I remember liking it more before we did this podcast. <laughs> That's a very um, common occurrence. I, I I mean I still enjoyed it. Um, it. It was a fun little ride, but I, I agree with you, Maestro. I was expecting, um, especially after the second murder. Like I said, I was expecting a little bit more, like seven, 
seven was very unique where they all there seven different murders and stuff you know mm-hmm. this one you didn't even see the first murder right you even know how it happened they just you know um nothing in the first murder had any significance until the end of the movie when she got to the book mm-hmm. you know the second murder with, with the steam that was that's brutal that was pretty brutal yeah very very unique yeah uh, the one with the rats. I don't know. Would rats really do that? Like, I, I mean, I kind of think like if the guy had the ability to kick at the rats, the rats would be like, "Oh, this is too much fucking work for this food." <laughs> at yeah, a point, I, I think I feel like they would come. Uh, there's this one type of torture that was in the medieval ages. Where what they would do was they would put a rat in or a couple rats inside a pot, mm. and then put that pot on the stomach of the the, the person they were going like, to torture. Mm-hmm. And then they would burn the pot so hot that the rat would dig its way into the person's stomach to get away from the heat. Yeah. I was in a movie that – I forget which movie that was. But yeah, same concept. That, that was his interrogation style. He had the rat in the, in the bucket by his chest. You got to tell me what I need to know before this rat uh, starts clawing at you all through. All right. Yeah, it, it – I guess the movie had more potential, but it just wasn't. It was trying too hard, I think, to follow Seven, and it just failed. And and the other thing that I think the reason I liked it more when I was younger is because since then I've seen a lot better versions of this kind of movie, where the serial killer is much more diabolical, and the the scenes are set better, and it's just a better, well told story. But this did not get there. Yeah. All right. Let's hear some reviews from other people now. Now that you've heard our reviews, but like I said at the top of the show, we have a lot of opinions but zero credentials. So now we're going to hear from people actually have credentials, the critics, and also the audience. This is going to help us play the Rotten Tomatoes game after the reviews. I'm going to have the guys guess the score based on its Rotten Tomatoes scoring system. If you're not familiar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up certified fresh. Let's start with the audience. Let's do bad reviews. Uh, what I did this time was I took a review from more present time and then one from further back just to get a the whole scope here. Wade H. from 2015. Washington and Joe Lee are interesting to watch, but the plot stumbles along the dialogue and the character development that leads to a disappointing end. Uh, MF from 2008. Predictable and full of holes. Seven showed how well this type of film can be done, so anything to come along afterwards really needs to try harder than this. That's right. Good reviews. Alice D. from 2019. This is a really good movie based on Jeffrey Deaver's novel of the same name. The movie does a good job of following the plot. And remember, Angelina Jolie became a household name because of this flick. Interestingly, Deaver's never indicated Lincoln Rhymes' race or ethnicity in the book. Thus, he became Denzel Washington. Nick G. from 2008. Interesting mystery thriller. Well acted by all concerned. I'm usually useless at predicting who the murderer is. And so not to break the tradition, I didn't have a clue this time either. Well acted. Sometimes voices appeared a bit quiet, though, making it hard to hear what people are saying. Interesting. So those are good and bad reviews from the audience. What do you think the audience rated this movie? Uh, 65. Ooh, I feel like that's a little high. 
I would actually go for 50. All right. The audience has this at as fresh with 63%. Ooh. Nice man. job, cowboy. Very cool. right. I was thinking it was barely fresh, but uh, all right. I'm right. All right. Let's do good reviews now from the top critics. This is from Ernest Hardy from film.com. From the well-placed and effectively used fake-out scares to the finely oiled secondary stock characters, from the charismatic lead characters to the creepy visuals, the film hits all its marks smoothly. I will say the secondary characters were pretty good. We had Luis Guzman, which is always a delight. Last time I think we saw him uh, on a spoilers movie was The Journey 2, which I think had The Rock and Luis Guzman. That was a fun one. Uh, Another good one. This is from Bob Longino from Atlantic Journal-Constitution. Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie muster enough electricity to make The Bone Collector a watchable thriller. (laughs) Call the movie watchable. I don't think that's very (laughs) high praise. (laughs) All right, bad reviews. Michael Atkinson from Mr. Showbiz. The Bone Collector never comes close to the moral chill of Seven or even the step-by-step fascinating generate, fascination generated by any number of HBO true crime shows. And I compared it to it had that Seven feel. I yeah, knew it. They tried. Oh, look at me. Uh, Lou Luminick from New York Post. Jeremy Lacone's script is riddled with plot holes and you could drive a train through. You could drive a train through them. All right. That was the critics. What do you think the critics rated this movie on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, critics. Go ahead. I'll let you go first. I'm going to stick with a 50, just like last before. I feel like they're going to be lower than the typical audience. All right. Uh, audience had it at 63. I'm going to go 57. The tomato meter. This is rotten with 29%. Wow. Critics of that was a like big. This. That was a huge swing. That finally yeah. went with the flow of what normal movies are. Usually, the critics are really lower than. Yeah, whatever. yeah. I, I think what happened is the audience was kind of like, "All right, this is cool," and the critics, I think, more finally, like, "I see what you were trying to do. We've already saw seven. We know how it's done properly. You suck." All right, Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this movie. We like to play a game where we replace characters with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman because generally they make movies better. So yep. if you had to take somebody out of this movie and put them in with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman, who would it be? Dude, man, the bad guy, straight up. Should be who? Either one of them would be <laughs> perfect. Okay. I, I, w- I, would, I, w- I would go with Gary Oldman as the bad guy. Okay. You know, um, I like Ed O'Neill. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> um, you can't take out Denzel Washington because, uh, although I have great respect for Gary and Paul Giamatti, I think he did a great job for a handicapped guy whose whole role was played in a bed. Yeah. I mean, he captivated you even in the bed, you know. Uh, Angelina Jolie, we're not taking her out. No, never. Um, Luis <clears throat> Guzman's too fun. Yeah. Especially in that, that position. Queen Latifah, she played a good part. Yeah. Um, what about, um, 
See, and I like Rooker. Rooker, you can't take Rooker out that position. That yeah, it's the the other uh, detective Solomon, the one, the Solomon, one that was in, he the, didn't the window he guy. Didn't have, yeah, the window guy. Yeah, he was yeah, the, the, guy that came, the window. Yeah, I would put Giovanni on him. Okay, Giamatti. Giamatti, sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's okay. Cowboy did the same thing last week. I didn't say anything. Oh, right. Actually, it wasn't me. It was Major that said Giovanni. See? Yeah. See? It was, it was, okay. Yeah, Major said week. Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say something last week, but I was like, no, I'll let it go. And then when it happened again, I was like, oh, that's a one-time mistake. And it happened again. I was like, I got to say something now. <laughs> 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 Not to pick on you, but. <laughs> I'll pick it on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think, I think Giamatti was was good for the, the, the killer guy. Because he could play unassuming as well as when it came time to be all crazy. Uh, yeah, I guess if I, old men's hard to place because you can't really. Oh, everybody else did such a good job. It, then it would have to be. Yeah, I had Gary Oldman as the killer. Yeah. Okay, that could work as well. He could be all uh, Commissioner Gordon at the beginning, and then towards the end, Air Force One. <laughs> Or the guy from uh, what's it called? Um, the Fifth Hitman's Element? bodyguard. Oh, Hitman's bodyguard. Uh, okay. All right, let's do trivia now. This is the part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the food, the movie, <laughs> the, the film, the film movie, movie film. At around the one hour thirty five minute mark. Oh, we just blood it. We can call it the movie. Movie. <laughs> When Amelia jumps into the river to rescue the old man and his granddaughter, she actually jumped into a heated pool, and vegetable dye was added to give the water its appearance. All right, so I guess she did her own stunt, probably. Oh, this is an interesting one. At the end, at Lincoln's Christmas party, you see Polly's, or Ed O'Neill's family. It consists of a redhead wife, a blonde daughter, and a dark-haired son. This family mirrors Al Bundy's family in the TV show Married with Children. <laughs> it's a nice the only difference trick. is that you don't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Jolie's real-life modeling career was written into the script to make it seem more believable to her uh, as a cop, to be a New York beat cop. I like that little thing there. It's weird when movies have characters in it. They're like, there's no way you would be doing this. Uh, the the biggest gripe for me is every time Schwarzenegger tries to play a regular person, like you can't, you're too big, you're too Austrian. Why are you trying? Why are you just selling insurance? It's weird. <laughs> All right, uh, John Benjamin Hickey, or that's uh, Doctor Barry Liam, and Luis Guzman Eddie Ortiz also appeared with Denzel Washington in The Taking of Pelham One Two Three, which we did on spoilers a while back. Yes, we did. Yeah. Philip Noyce is not a big fan of his work on this film. In the, nice. wake, in the wake of Seven, every studio wanted a copycat serial killer from film in their uh, – what? A serial a copycat serial killer film on their books. That's weirdly constructed. Uh, he felt that he was just part of the assembly line by signing on to this film, knowing full well that he would never be able to match David Fincher's achievement. Well, yeah. So he begrudgingly took this, trying to do seven, knowing I'm never going to be able to do a seven. So he just got lazy. I don't know. All right. Money makes the world go round. 
We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so you get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The budget for this film, $73 million. What do you think this gross worldwide combining domestic and foreign box office? I mean, uh, the, okay. the critics gave it a bad rating. It was fresh for the audience. And the audience are going to be making up most of the money. It has a great cast. Uh, and I think the cast is probably what pulled most of the money in. Um, but again, this was 99. I think maybe a lot of these weren't as household names as they are today. This this was the film that pretty much put Jolie on the map, unless you watch Gia, which I suggest you do for no reason whatsoever. Um, um, but seventy three million—that's the budget. There, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of spectacular effects in the movie to garner seventy three million, right? Except so, for the helicopter, the weird like angles, the the unusual uh, props, supercomputer, super chair. Those <laughs> props, yeah, but that's those are props, man. Yeah. I mean, the most expensive scene was probably all the helicopters flying around. Yeah, you know, because they had to pay for all that fuel and shutting everything down to to do it. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say 110. Mr. I'm going. I'm going to double up. 145. All right. In the U.S., this grows 66.5 million dollars. Foreign box office was at 85 million. So the total total worldwide gross is 151.5 million. Mm, he looked it up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just you kidding. <laughs> this film debuted on November 5th, 1999, with 16.7 million dollars. This was the 34th highest-grossing film of 1999. Number one that year was the first reboot or prequel to the Star Wars saga, The Phantom Menace. That was The Bone Collector from 1999, directed by Philip Noyce. Check out our website, com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoiler Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers, at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please rate, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, that movie goes to the top of our list and we'll watch it for any other requests. Nice. Nice. Next week, there's a movie coming out called The Falling, which stars Viggo Mortensen. Oh, really? Yes. So we're going to do another Viggo Mortensen movie from 2004. For the Rings. Rings. In which he rides a horse. Oh, Hidalgo? It is Hidalgo. (laughs) Oh, you... (laughs) This is the first time that I've seen him, a preview for him doing anything outside Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah. I'd I'd never seen him, or if I had seen him before, I didn't recognize him until Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the long locks of hair and all that jazz. Yeah. And in this one, he does not have long hair, and, and he is clean-shaven. Should be an interesting uh, Western-style movie, I believe. All right. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hopefully watching the movie with us. Until next time, I am Adam. I'm Cowboy. It's time for Adam to have a drink. Yay! What? There's a mystery. Okay. Oh. Bye. <laughs>
拜。